Woke up this morning into my car to start my day. First stop is my buyer, who six months ago walked away. When I arrive, he treats me like a commodity. Give me a speck on his inner connect, he wants price and delivery. And if we're over $20, he tells me this business we're gonna lose. He's got a singing that old, don't know value. Welcome to the Value Clarity Podcast, where we talk about all things value, because everything your company does, every function should be examined through the lens of how does it contribute to customer perceived value. I've got a guest today, uh, really excited to have her, and she is an expert on customer experience. And so please welcome Jacqueline Jasonowski. Thank you, Mark. It's a pleasure to be here. Hi, everyone. Hi. So, Jacqueline, tell everybody about your background. And um, also, I want to make sure we uh, get how to contact you. Sure, sure. So I come from the land of luxury automotive, Mark. I had 17 years of my experience with BMW Group in the capacity of human resources as the head of staffing for the organization as well as head of training and uh, dipped my toe into customer experience for a little over five years and then also have done um, since I've left BMW in 2017 started my own organization called Shift Away Group, where we focus our attention on employee engagement, as well as developing leadership with inside uh, different industries, predominantly automotive, but we've been branching out now into tech and hospitality and manufacturing. And we really help organizations see how uh, treating the employees and giving them the proper tools for mindset really affects how they deliver the customer experience. That's really fascinating. So. Um, who was it? Sir Richard Branson said something like, take care of your people and the customers and all that other, and your stock price takes care of itself. Um, is that kind of what you're getting at? hundred percent, hundred percent. I think oftentimes we think that our employees that we put in different customer facing roles only need skill set training. But in reality, just having skill set training isn't going to get them to understand what it means to go above and beyond in delivering the customer experience. And so what my focus is, is helping organizations understand that give them the mindset before you give them the skill set. And when you give them these tools to help them create not only a better professional environment, they're going to be able to transfer these skills into their personal life, which ultimately everybody wins. It's a holistic transformation from the inside out. Wow, that's very cool. Um, I was just, you were just reminded me of something. Over this past week, I went and visited my father and he's had this thing going for six years that is not life-threatening, but it was causing him a lot of pain. He couldn't sleep one night and while I was there visiting him he asked me to take me him into the emergency room so we go in at 4 a.m. into this emergency room thank goodness there's nobody there um, and so we actually had to there was nobody at the reception because they were all back in the you know talking with each other so we talked to this person and my father noticed after the second or third person that everybody came in and either at the beginning or by the middle of their their interaction, like the registration person, you know, here, welcome back, here's, you've got to sign this form, whatever. Everybody smiled. 
And he noticed that, you know, this first person we talked to kind of looked out at us like she didn't know what we were doing. But before she let us go, before she called somebody, she gave a smile. And that just changed the tenor of the whole conversation. And a tiny little thing like that um, impacted him. And, you know, it's not even his business. Right. And what was the what was the way that he felt when he received that smile? What did he convey to you? Well, he told me it changed the tenor of the whole experience. I was no longer this patient. They were taking care of me. And um, a tiny little thing like that. Um, yeah. And, to, you know, to train somebody to smile is a little silly, but to get them to the point where they realize that this is important and uh, they are willing to smile. Well, there's a lot to be said for a smile. First and foremost, it's free. It's free. And if you're giving that skill or tool to your people, it's not costing you anything, but the return on the investment of teaching them how to smile and engage in your client is actually, or in their customer, especially in a hospital, think about it, your father was coming in, you were coming in, it was a you know situation where there was probably a lot of fear involved and uncertainty, and that smile is a way to say you're in a friendly, kind environment, We've got you. We've got you taken care of. And it says all that without even using the words. Yeah. So um, bringing that back to the, you know, bringing that walking into a place with fear and unpleasantness um, and going circling back to your history in the car industry. What's it like in the car industry? Uh, and how important <laughs> is that in, in, in the car industry? Oh, Marco, Marco, Marco. So, okay. <laughs> Uh, you know, obviously all around us, digitalization is taking shape and form. Everybody's Amazon liking their businesses, removing people, putting more systems in place, right? Because everybody wants things now. Well, in the automotive industry, it's been quite interesting because there's been a lot of um, desire to integrate technology into the process. However, the industry is so, um, the behaviors in the industry are go back what 50 plus years and we've still got a lot of the same mentality in a dealership around you know what that salesperson experience typically is like and i have to tell you customers haven't really changed their feelings around the industry because they're bringing with them the 40 50 years of uh you know communication about what happens in a dealership and past experiences in every time they come back in so the dealerships typically, um, I always tell them, your customers walking in are walking in with their dukes up, right? They're ready to fight it out because that's what we've originally taught them on how to behave when they come in. And now things are changing in the sense that customer expectations are so much higher and dealerships who operate out of old belief systems, unfortunately, are gonna have a much harder time remaining relevant than those dealerships that realize they need to shift and change. Yeah, you were telling me, um, I'm, I'm cheating, I've had a conversation with you outside of this, but you were telling me about a dealer, I forget what part of the country they were in, they owned, this gentleman owns several dealers, but they really focus on that customer experience and making it very different. And it's not just a more comfortable way to do business, it's not just a way to retain your people more effectively because his churn is much lower, but he's more profitable. He's selling more cars. Is that right? Yeah, a hundred percent. So this is a, a dealership down in Florida. 
BMW Vocala and Porsche Vocala, and I'm sure that they won't mind me talking about them because they have an amazing operation down there. And they've been doing this for several years where they've been putting the customer first but taking care of the employees even before that, right? Which allow them the opportunity to create this amazing customer experience. And in my conversations with the general manager, his name is Bobby Watts, he shared with me multiple scenarios where they have reduced customer acquisition costs. They've reduced their marketing budgets because what they found now is, is that everybody around the community, even outside of the community, are finding out about what it's like to go through the buying experience with their particular dealerships. And so they don't have to spend the money to go out and conquest those customers in because the referrals are pouring in. Um, not to mention, you, you mentioned about the fact that they have a lower turnover rate um, as well for their salespeople and their individuals in the company. And Bobby said um, they go so far as to have a waiting list to get in to work for this particular dealership for BMW and for Porsche because they've created such an amazing culture where they take care of their people first and their people are excited to do amazing things for their customers. And one of those things, as an example, is uh, they had a customer who came into the dealership who wanted to um, buy a vehicle for his wife for her anniversary, for their anniversary. And so they set up this entire elaborate display where they uh, basically put the vehicle into a special um, delivery bay area. Uh, they had their favorite champagne. They had his wife's favorite kind of cake and fruit and whatnot. And so when her husband walked her up to the delivery bay, all of the salespeople were aligned on the car with white gloves on, presenting her with this new gift that her husband just bought her. And the they videotaped it and it was absolutely brilliant. The emotions, like I get goosebumps talking about it because it was so special. Um, it was so amazing that not only did the customers appreciate it, but the employees get excited to do those things for their customers. Yeah. And as a follow-up, that gentleman came in and bought a second car like a couple months later. Yeah, that's great. So something that I was struck by in thinking about this and all of this, I, well, I, I shouldn't leave this too soon because I think that there's a huge difference in a customer's mind between having your husband give you a new car, which is not common, but it's relatively everyday, right? It's not, every, not everybody gets given a car for their anniversary, but it happens relatively often. And being presented in a ceremony where the entire dealership is helping you celebrate your wedding anniversary, um, how much more meaningful is the car itself? And every time you get into that car, that car means more because the dealership helped it mean more. Um, we Absolutely. all remember, we Our all remember, yeah. It's a feeling. Yeah. It's a feeling, right? You created an emotion around that car um, much more effectively. So that was cool. The other thing I was thinking about is that as you've branched out from the automotive world, which is dealership, to other companies, do you only deal with people who have that indirect channel? Uh, in my book, Radical Value, uh, available March 13th, uh, shameless plug. Um, I talk yeah, about everybody go by. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And thank you again for that recommendation, JJ. My anyway, uh, I I make the case that everybody who comes in contact with your customer has to understand 
what value that customer gets from dealing with you and your company. And that's really important and it's really hard, but it gets even harder when you are working through an indirect channel. So BMW wants this kind of customer experience, but BMW themselves doesn't talk to the customer very often at all. And so tell me about uh, what you've experienced in the car industry with that indirect channel that you've been able to take to other businesses and how some other kinds of industries that maybe aren't as channel dependent uh, do things differently and how much easier or how much harder or what the differences and, and similarities are. Yeah, that's a really, really great question. And interestingly enough, so like you mentioned, part of my responsibility or my main responsibility prior to leaving was helping the dealerships understand how to elevate these levels of customer experience directly to their consumer. However, what we always receive pushback on at the headquarter level, the dealerships would come back to us and say, okay, you want us to treat our customers this way, but how are you going to treat us? The dealerships were our customer, right? And so what we found too is how important it was from a cultural standpoint to create an infrastructure inside where not only did we treat each other as clients internally, so maybe between different departments as an example, or even on the same team, but we started to ask ourselves, well, how can we create a better relationship with our dealerships who are servicing the customers ultimately because we want to make sure they're excited that they love what they do that we're creating efficiencies and um, being able to innovate in ways that help them do those surprise and delights for the customer and i i have to share that that was really a huge challenge it was really a huge challenge to shift the mindset internally and that's why i like to go into organizations and explain the importance of creating a culture that is focused on engagement whether it's only internal and you're servicing your peer-to-peer -peer relationships as if they were clients and customers right so going above and beyond inside and then how that will eventually transcend outside um, some of my customers, as an example, they might be dealing, you know, with, or maybe one or two people are dealing directly with clients over the phone on issues or concerns uh, and being able to ensure that they're able to create meaningful dialogue um, from a value based approach as well with that customer, even though they might not be face to face with them. But that also requires the internal dynamics to be really running efficiently and smoothly, where it's almost as if, you know, we everybody knows they've got we've got each other's back to be able to deliver on that customer exchange. Um, wow, yeah, it takes a village, huh? And it does, absolutely it absolutely does. Anytime there's more than one person on a team, it's really important that everybody is moving in the same direction and understands the values around what it is the projects that they're working on the values of what the organization stands for and how they help bring that value as well into their customer relationships yeah interesting i i have that conversation all the time value versus values because i i'm worried about yeah. customer value uh but values in terms of the principles that you run your business by and uh, also very important but they aren't the same thing in spite of the fact that they're only one letter different um, and yeah. they, they don't conflict with each other. No. Um, they feel, I feel like they feed, there's a journey, right? There's that, an entire journey, right? Understanding where the values are of the organization, I think is one of the first steps as a company to build the culture in the company. And then to your point, moving into that conversation and understanding how do you ensure that your, um, 
you're fully in the loop on the outcomes that your customer needs and wants and what that value looks like to bring. Yeah. Right? I, yeah. If, if you have just values, but you don't know your value, you're going, you, you all feel good, but you don't know where you're going. And if you are conversely, if you're providing customer value, but you don't have everybody on board pretty soon, your ability to deliver value from everybody in your company is diluted. So you need both and uh, they're very different, but they're very complimentary. Mm -hmm. So JJ, uh, give us your, your coordinates, your contact information again. Absolutely. Everyone can go ahead and take a look um, at shiftawake.com. Super easy website out there. Or you can always find me on LinkedIn uh, underneath my full name, Jacqueline Jasonowski. And I'm sure Mark will have that somewhere in the credits. And then obviously also social, uh, Shift Awake at, um, on Instagram and on Twitter. Great. Um, so here's something else I have in my book. So now uh, I'm going to, rather than have you be my guest, I'm going to tell you what I think and then have you respond as my guest to some of the things I think. I define customer experience. I, I deal with a lot of different companies, a lot of different industries, and there's a huge um, push for customer experience in the world. And as I listen to it, I've actually found four different levels of customer experience. One is we don't think about it. We're still in the old um, car dealership, caveman culture, knuckle dragon. Um, we don't really worry about it. When you've shifted to saying, hey, this is important, the first level, level one customer experience is leadership telling everybody who touches the customer, do your job, but just make sure you don't screw anything up. Don't be the weak link. Mm -hmm. So it's don't lose us this customer. And I think that's huge progress. But I think you can also see, you know, the way I described it is there's a lot more to do. Um, and the next one is kind of the state of the art with most people. And that is what I call a level two customer experience where people go from let's not screw things up to let's find something to delight. And so it's figuring out, let's get a, you know, let's get a bucket of our favorite champagne. Let's wear some white gloves. Let's make this big, a big production. And it's a way to delight the customer. And that is kind of the current state of the art. I propose in my book that there is something even better still. And that is while you're doing that, you understand the customer's world well enough so that you can start asking questions and start inquiring about things that they haven't even thought about. You can ask them how I can create even more value. And when the installer of your big piece of capital equipment in a business to business um, is installing and he stands up and looks across the aisle and says, that over there looks like a kind of a problem, Mr. Customer. What happens when that failure happens? What? How does that impact the rest of your business? How many dollars a year do you think that wastes when that happens? And then goes back to installing after they hear the answer. And they don't have to sell anything. They don't have to propose a new anything. They're just gathering information and they bring that information, that insight back to the hive. That is a level three customer experience. Tell me what you think. I love, I love all of it. And I love um, that level three experience. Interestingly enough is 
it, it takes into consideration a few different things. One thing is this, is that you have the right person in order to be curious enough, who's curious enough to want to bring more information back to the hive to make things better. And I use the hive as you just did, yeah. okay? Um, the person who is that level two experience really needs to know what it means to delight and surprise. And I'll give you a quick little example, which is I'll, I remember going into dealerships, um, specifically BMW dealerships when I was doing training, and I would say to them, tell me what, tell me what it means to you to surprise and delight. And they looked at me like blank stares, like, what do you mean surprise and delight? And it's so natural to me because I'm thinking elevation, elevation, elevation. How can we elevate the experience? But the fact of the matter is some of these folks in these roles had never even been surprised and delight by anyone in any industry. So there's no way I could expect them to be able to do it because they didn't know what it felt like. So throughout the journey of moving from these levels, as you associate right to these different um, levels of customer experience, companies need to be sure that they're giving their employees or the people delivering these things, the experiences themselves so that they know what it feels like. Because once they know what it feels like and how wonderful it is and how their heart expands and it's fantastic, they're gonna wanna be able to give that to their customers, especially once they're empowered to do so. Yeah, and and once you found, an, I completely agree with you. Uh, I took this note, this level three, you said it takes curiosity and yes. it yes. takes empathy. It takes the desire. Yes. And you can't give your people that desire until you've got some values in place to yes. make them happy with where they are and to come at their customer from a place of, I'll get a little woo-woo, a place of abundance, a place of, yes. I've got everything I need. How can I make that even better for you? And uh, that's a big deal and that's a big shift. And so being able to deliver that value takes values. Mm. Oh, I uh, love that. It's uh, so true. It's so true. And it also takes helping them understand what it means to utilize open-ended questions yeah. as, sor as sourcing, right? And I think um, that is absolutely a skill. It is a skill that I've learned over time, you know, through coaching and whatnot, but it is not a skill that comes natural to everyone. And so it goes back to organizations giving their team the tools to get those skills so they become natural and they become more curious and more yeah. interested. Yeah, and, and I think it's when you catch one of your people doing one of those things, it's capturing at, as a story and turning it into a tribal story. Man, I couldn't believe this person. Look what he did. He noticed this tiny little thing and here's what he did about it. And this is the great big deal the customer made out of that tiny little observation and turn that into a tribal story within your organization. It becomes part of the culture. It becomes one of the cultural stories that your company tells around the campfire at night about who we are and what we believe in. And um, that becomes, when you catch somebody doing right, you now you have to socialize it and make them the hero of a story and turn that, weave those stories into the fabric of your company culture. I love that. Great. Me too. <laughs> All right. Let's go make it happen. All right. All over. Across the globe. There we go. Well, Jacqueline, it has been a real pleasure having you on today. Uh, I love this conversation. And uh, I'm, of course, at uh, marketboundyconsulting.com. But Jacqueline, go ahead. And one last time, let's make sure that they've got a way to get a hold of you. 
You got it. Everyone, you can find me at shiftawake.com, on LinkedIn, Instagram, or Facebook, also at shiftawake. Okay, thanks to Jacqueline Jasonowski. And this is the Value Clarity Podcast. Uh, we believe that value exists only in your customer's mind, which means that your success is all in your customer's head. Thanks and have a great day. Well, it ain't easy, cause value's in your buyer's brain. If you're selling on only your features, you're gonna drive both of you insane. And if you ignore your customer's outcomes, you're bound to be paying your dues, cause you'll be singing those old, don't know value blues. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.